We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. The second round has begun. Some teams that were recently ousted might be looking at trades, plus a little bit of talk about the head coaching situation as well. We got a lot to dive into. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joining me as always, Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, how are you holding up? I know yesterday was a, was a tough day. Uh, it, it's all good, man. It's, uh, you know, it's, it happens. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all part of sports. They, uh, you know, the, the, there's, Good signs when you rewatch the game that I don't think uh, uh, a lot of what Boston did well, I think, is very repeatable. Um, I don't know that they're ever going to shoot quite as poorly as they did in game one again. Um, Giannis and Drew Holiday will probably both shoot better, uh, but I don't think the Bucks' role players will shoot quite as well. So I think that'll balance out a little bit and and we'll, we'll see. You know, game two is now the most important game of the season because if they lose that one, they're not there. There's no chance they're winning the series. I mean, I don't want to be all doom and gloom, but you're not winning four out of five again. I think uh, even without Chris Middleton. So, you know, big, big opportunity for them uh, to get right back at it tomorrow night. Keith, even my mentions were on fire because we both said Boston and five. Oh, I had so mm-hmm. many people that were just taking victory laps as soon as the, the Bucks won. I went, first yeah. of all, I'm not I'm not saying I want Boston to win here. I'm just saying analytically that was the way I broke it down. But we did leave in there that hey, it's possible that Giannis just goes berserk. And that's that's kind of what we saw in this one. We also saw defensively. Um the Bucks did some things that I think we thought was interesting. But I thought that you're right though, too. Part of it was Boston just missing shots, um, shots that they probably otherwise would make. I don't think you can count on Jalen Brown to shoot that poorly, Jason Tatum. So I don't think this series is as over as some people are, are making it out to be after after one game yeah no i i think we're gonna get a longer series than either one of us thought mm-hmm. um but i i don't think it's over by any means i think you know there, there's a great opportunity for boston to get this win and then you know c- c- see what works and force the bucks to be the team that has to make the adjustments next time around and see where that goes so there's you know still a lot of basketball to be played in this one on in the other game that we saw, which was Memphis and Golden State, the Warriors ultimately win by one. Draymond Green ejected for a flagrant two foul. There's been a lot of ba- a debate over whether or not that should have been a flagrant two. But regardless, Draymond, Draymond Green ejected, and Memphis had a few guys go nuts. I mean, Jalen Jackson Jr., Jer- 
Jared Jackson Jr. Sorry, was uh, was great. I just called him Triple J in my head, but uh, he was he was fantastic yeah. <laughs> in this one, scoring John Morant as well. And yet the Warriors still won. I'm seeing a lot of people out there saying, "Well, if you got that performance out of Jared Jackson Jr., you've got that kind of scoring from Jaw. All of the things that went well for you, Draymond Green ejected, and the Warriors still win. What chance do the Grizzlies really have?" Yeah, I mean, they have mm-hmm. a chance. I, I don't think we want to go too crazy with I this, agree. I think. I would like to see Memphis play even faster than, than they did. I know that used to be the book of, like, you get caught in a running game with the Warriors and you're going to lose. Uh, they don't want to play that fast anymore. They're, they're older now. They, they don't want to get up and down uh, the way Memphis does. So I'd like to see the Grizzlies push pace even more. And then, you know, from the Warriors' side, I think you saw what – for their core guys, especially Curry and Thompson being out there at the end, uh, and then Draymond in the earlier stages before he get get ejected, I think you saw their championship kind of medal come mm-hmm. through. Like, of you know, hey, this is who we are. We're not going to panic. We don't overreact. They're going to go on a run, but we're not going to worry about it. And you know, and they, they they made enough plays, and Jordan Poole was great again. So you know, I I think you know. We're, we're in for a fun series. It's, you know, again, road team wins game one. It's really important for the home team to come back and at least make sure you're you're going on the road, you know, tied 1-1. So big game for Memphis coming tomorrow night too. And then the game that we did a play-by-play for, by the way, I'll put the, the link in the description below. Uh, officially, are we... We're, I think we're gonna do Wednesday night. We'll do, we'll do what? Suns and Mavs, Wednesday night, game two. We'll do another play-by-play. Yeah, I think that'll probably be, be the okay. one that works. That sounds good. So so we'll put the link in the description down below for our, our, another play-by-play show over on Playback. I know a lot of people enjoyed that. So I'm going to put the link in the description now so you guys can see it. And it's there. You can bookmark that page. You can come join us on Wednesday as we'll, we'll take in that game. But the last game that we did one for was Game 6 of Memphis and Minnesota. Obviously, Memphis advancing. And now word is breaking from from Mark Stein that around the NBA, there are some that are believing the Wolves will put D'Angelo Russell on the trade block. Now, he's a good friend of Carl Anthony Towns, so a little bit surprising in that sense. But we also saw D'Angelo Russell get benched. I mean, this is the most important stretch of your season. It's the fourth quarter, do or die, win or go home, and D'Angelo Russell is put on the bench in Minnesota. What are your What are your thoughts on that? What kind of trade value might he have? Should the Wolves actually trade him? Let, let's discuss this for a moment. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't think his trade value is very 
good um, for Minnesota. It's a big contract. It is an expiring deal, but but I just don't think you're you're getting all that much in return for him positive value-wise. You could probably do one of those, hey, change of scenery type deals where where you're you're looking to make make a swap there and, and it would make sense i'd like to see them get someone with more uh three four size in in that uh grouping if this is directly move uh anthony edwards to the two uh which is pro- probably where ultimately he should be but yeah if you could get a a three four with you know some shooting ability a little bit of size and and go that way i think that would make make some sense for sure um, I'm not saying this is a trade that makes sense because I don't think it does, but like a Harrison Barnes kind of guy, mm-hmm. somebody like that, I think could could make some sense there. But yeah, it's it it this one's hard too because you have the Wolves factor in this where he's very good friends with Carl Anthony Towns. It was a big deal for them to play together and all that stuff. But that only goes so far. And when you've got 30 plus million sitting on your bench, you're you're probably looking to make a move. Yeah, 31.3 million this next season expiring for D'Angelo Russell. So it'll be interesting to see what the Wolves do there if that's something that they ultimately explore, if they do find a way to move on from him. Uh, we do have some updates here on the, the coaching front as well. Let's start with the Hornets. Uh, James Borrego getting surprisingly let go, and now Charlotte's out on the market. And Quinn Snyder is a name that, that has popped up with them, according to Stein. What are your thoughts on, on Quinn Snyder? I mean, we don't even know if he's going to be on the market or not. The Utah Jazz have said they want to keep him. So the only way he becomes a coach that's out there is if he decides he wants to leave Utah, correct? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I'm not fully sold he's going to leave Utah, mm-hmm. but if he does, I don't know that Charlotte's where he's necessarily headed. I, I think, you know, I think there's a good chance if he leaves, he's probably going to go to the Lakers and try to, you know, all right, hey, I'm here. Let's try to get this thing figured out together and you'll really move this forward long term as a relationship. And because I think in Charlotte, you're facing a lot of the same challenges you had in Utah of, or we got to get this right. It's a small market. We really got to nail it every move otherwise we kind of get stuck um in a spot and and i think there's a sense of that's an impatient organization too they they don't necessarily uh see things through the whole way so yeah i i think if he leaves utah he's probably going somewhere bigger uh brighter lights um you know we'll move on that way mm-hmm. yeah agreed i think that's probably where that will ultimately head it'll be interesting to see who they do bring in because most didn't see james borrego as the reason for their their problems now, I did see some Hornets fans who were excited yeah, about, the, about the move. Too. Hornets fans do, but that that's typical of any fan base, right? Anytime things don't go according to plan, or just about, the finger gets pointed at the coach first yep. and foremost. That's just kind of that's the nature of the beast. That's sports in general. Uh, Nurse and uh, Nick Nurse and Quinn Snyder were both mentioned in regards to the Lakers. Again, I would be shocked. I mean, beyond shocked. If Nick Nurse was available in any yeah, sort of a, capacity, yeah, I just I just don't yeah. see that happening. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're the Lakers, if you're any team that needs a coach, it's the obligatory. Yes, you have to find out, but you can't bake. I I don't think even the Lakers could think that that he is realistically available. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I think that one's you know off the table. We also heard. Uh, Darvin Ham, uh, assistant with the Bucks. He's been kind of um, a guy who's been uh, through the process now for a handful of years. Is someone who's been on the interview uh, path with several different teams. So it sounds like he's getting close. And then we also heard uh, Mark Jackson, which that one's. I don't know, man. People seem to either really be like Mark Jackson needs another mm-hmm. shot, or people are like, I don't know. I it's funny. Um, I think it was 
I've listened to a lot of podcasts today, um, but I think it was maybe Ryan Rosillo pointed out on Bill Simmons' podcast that uh, Mark Jackson, they, they were doing a – they did the Warriors-Grizzlies game. There was a, a play where Jeff Van Gundy went into all this detail about how, like, like if you're going to sw- – if you're going to defend the small, small pick and roll, you got to cheat off Draymond and all this stuff. And Mark Jackson was like, well, you just switch it. And then uh, Jeff Van Gundy was like, yeah, but then you're giving them exactly what they want, which is Dominic guarding Stephen mm-hmm. Curry, like, and that's what the Grizzlies want to avoid. And he, you know, went into all this, and Mark Jackson was like, "Yeah, I guess you're right." And I was like, "This is your like, this is the guy everybody wants to be their their head coach." Like the whole not criticizing player stuff, I don't get too worked up about that because I think that's a like if you want to get back in the game you're not going to do that but yeah when it's simple strategy stuff that seems a little odd yeah indeed and there's i mean i think when we step back and we look at mark jackson's coaching candidacy how long has it been since he's been a head coach it's been a while yeah a while, it's been a while. Uh, at least five six years yeah why probably even longer why is he still out there I keep I keep coming back to that and I've got look he's he's super yep. polarizing I've got I mean I hear Lakers fans every day fans of other teams too saying Mark Jackson is great look at the Warriors he was he was he put, poured the foundation for that team Steve Kerr just kind of mm-hmm. took it to the next level but Mark Jackson's a fantastic coach I've got other people saying Mark Jackson is not a good coach at all he's going to create problems within the organization yep. all that kind of stuff so he's extremely polarizing but I just keep going back to that what is it that has prevented an NBA team from hiring him for the last five, six, seven, however many years it's been? To me, that is the thing that speaks the loudest here and gives me cause for concern. I hope if you know if somebody hires him, if it's the Kings, if it's the Lakers, I hope he has great success. I hope it, it works out fantastic. Yeah. That would just give me pause. I, it feels like the teams that have been interviewing him, that have been doing these, you know, really do the digging on it. Obviously, there's some reason why he hasn't been a coach since then. Yep. Yeah. Could completely agree. Yeah. It is. Uh, I think you, yeah, you did that. Those are all fair questions to ask. And that's, that's part of what the process is too, is like, all right, you've been at least mentioned and maybe even interviewed for several of these jobs over the last, you know, several years since you've been out of coaching, you know, why hasn't it happened? And, you know, what do you think the reasons are? And, and we should know too, Mark Stein says that, he really impressed uh, Vivek Ranadive mm-hmm. and that he's really, you know, maybe has that shot at the, the Kings job. So maybe, maybe, maybe this is all, you know, this uh, Lakers portion of the discussion is all, all meaningless because maybe he's going to get the Kings job. But, but I do think it is, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Cause there's definitely going to be questions to be answered of, you know, all right, Hey, since you've been out, like, what did you learn and what are you going to do differently this time around? That's going to lead you to be you know more of a success. And I would hope the answer isn't just, Nothing. I yeah. You know, I want to do exactly what I did before because I I don't think that's going to go really well. Well, and there Stein did mention that he will be on the Lakers list if he doesn't get the Sacramento job. Mark Jackson will, but he doesn't get the sense that he's a strong has a strong chance of getting the job in L.A. So something to note there as well. Yep. yep. Uh, let's talk. So tonight we get Game One between the Mavs and the the Phoenix Suns, which I think is going to be a really exciting series and one that I'm looking forward to. Uh, but we got a little bit of news. I mean, Jalen Brunson has been fantastic. I don't know where the Mavs would be. They'd probably be at home without Jalen Brunson in the, oh, in yeah. the series. He's without been he's been absolutely fantastic, particularly in those games without without Luca. Uh, Brunson's been incredible. Dallas is confident, despite the fact that he's the one of certainly, if not the biggest 
gettable player, because I don't count restricted free agents, that's going to be out there on the free agent market this summer. Uh, but Dallas is confident that they will re-sign him. Uh, now, they're not, they're not going to put out anything else, really. So if it's a Dallas source, they're not going to say, oh, we're not confident that we can keep him. He's he's gone. They're not going to put that out right now. Yeah, but still, the fact that that's kind of getting out, that Dallas is confident that they can keep him, makes you wonder, you know, what what lengths are they willing to go to? What are they willing to pay? Because this is a guy that's, uh, that's in line for a big, big raise. Yeah, and if you're Jalen Brunson, smaller guard, he's made in NBA terms, nothing in his career to this point. Like, yeah, he's going to want tons and everything that's coming his way. So so they're absolutely going to have to, you know, pony up for him and really get this, uh, you know, big payday coming his way because now the challenge is, as you kind of mentioned, it's not a great free agent market. Um, There's not a ton of teams with cap space. So I think it's going to start to be one of those things where, all right, how do we, you know, manufacture a market that gets him paid more, even if the idea is like Dallas is, you know, hell bent on keeping him because for him to change teams to a team that really makes sense. Cause I don't think, I don't know that the Pistons make sense. I, I mean, maybe they could because Cade Cunningham's kind of Luca ish as far as a high volume wing player who's going to have the ball quite a bit or high usage wing player, I should say. Um, so maybe that's where, where that goes, but yeah, it's, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see, you know, if they get involved, the Pacers, I don't think so. I mean, that was thrown out there, but they've got other guards. So I'm not sure that one makes sense. And Rick Carlisle and Brunson didn't seem to get along. Well, the Spurs don't make sense with their whole host of guards. So then it becomes, all right, well, then the next thing is a sign and trade and Dallas then kind of controls that process as far as the back end of it. Sign part sounds great, but you got to have the trade part too to make mm-hmm. it work. So, so I think that starts to become a whole you know, thing. Where, where does that go? Absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see his, he's going to have one of the most fascinating free agency is certainly going to be a name that's going to be discussed quite a bit this off season. So we'll see where he winds up But Dallas. I mean, I think staying with Dallas, that's got to be the favorite. Like, if we were to put odds on where he winds up, which I'm sure is out there somewhere. I haven't looked them up, but I would have to imagine Dallas has got to be still the favorite in this situation. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I... I I, I agree. I, I tend to think too. This is this doesn't seem like a situation where Brunson's like, I got to get out of here. I don't want to be here anymore, and, and all that. So yeah. So I do think there's a chance that um, you know, the, this is how this goes, and they, they he just says, No, I'm just sticking around. I'm not going anywhere. 
All right, jumping from one Jalen to another. Jalen Suggs had surgery on his right ankle, dealing with a stress fracture there. Man, I mean, not not good news. I guess it's it's early enough, but how much do you think this offsets or sets off his uh, offseason training program? And I think that's got to be a concern for the Orlando Magic. Yeah, now the the um, the Magic did say like the hope is that uh, let me pull it up so I'm not uh, butchering the the press release on this one, but it was basically he had his surgery. Uh, Jeff Waltman, Magic president of basketball operations, says uh, he's expected to resume basketball activities this summer, make a full recovery for the start of training camp. In assessing Jalen's right ankle at the conclusion of the season, consulting with multiple doctors, we came to the determination to undergo this preventative measure. Mm. So it was a slight stress fracture in his right ankle. We feel by addressing this now, Jalen can still have a productive summer leading in the training camp. Now, he had the surgery last week. There's no kind of timeline listed or anything like that. Uh, the ankle was a problem throughout the year. The biggest worry is my guess, and maybe I'm off because we're still two months away, is that he's not going to be available for summer league. Right. Um, just kind of the way that reads where like he'll be you know, ready to go by training camp. Well, technically true, summer league being ready for that would mean you are ready for training camp. But but I think they would call it out if it was summer league. And that's that's a loss for him because that's, uh, you know, lost, um, uh, you know, reps that he needs and, and could get. So I think that that's tough for him. Should he be a guy who plays in summer league? Because I know there's a lot of guys that are kind of like on the yeah. edge of that. So you, you think summer league would do him good and, and benefit him? Yeah, 100%. I think. Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, um, guys who were high picks on, uh, you know, basically um, the playoff teams. I know the the uh, Cavs didn't finish it off, but yeah, I, I don't, um, you know, think that you you go, you know, uh, with those guys. They they don't need to go. There's nothing really to be gained for them um, unless they really want to go and get get some reps. Kate Cunningham, I think, should go. You know. That's one of those though. Go, you make your cameo, you play in the first game sure. or two, and then you're done. Um, but yeah, I, I think they, they, you know, those guys should be there. I think, um, you know, Jalen Suggs definitely. If you didn't have a absolutely like ridiculously good rookie year and you're healthy, you should be at summer league. You know, I even think that with the the second, um, you know, uh, second year guys as well should be there too selfishly i agree with you i want to see everybody there because because well, because sure. we'll be there yeah. <laughs> so i want everybody to be there and everybody to play yep. but um but it's just it's interesting to see because i can understand why teams would have a little bit of trepidation about some of their their top picks playing in summer league particularly after they've already done it for a year because summer league it's got 90 percent of the guys out there are guys that are competing for a chance to get noticed so that means they're all going 120 miles an hour right so you've got you've got mm -hmm. that aspect of it it's not super i mean it's organized of course but you've got teams that are just kind of being thrown together they've practiced a little bit together but it's not like this they're a well-oiled machine or anything by any means you've got tons of players rotating in and out you've got guys given every single thing that they've got flying all over the court it feels like to me if i was an nba gm I'd be pretty nervous putting my my prized draft picks out there, particularly if they've already experienced it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I look at it as it's this they're gonna play somewhere. Mm -hmm. 
it's still structured. Sure. It's you know the, these guys go play somewhere. I have no problem with with putting them out there on the court for summer league. I feel like if you're you know if you've already kind of proven everything you need to prove, and it's like cool. Scotty Barnes is going to go physically dominate some rookies and G League guys and dunk on them. Like, what? Yeah, I don't see what he gets out of that. Now, if we came in and the Raptors were like, you know what? Scotty Barnes is going to be our full time offensive initiator, you know, our point guard. Like, well, that's how we're going to run things. Then, yeah, maybe if you want to get him some of those reps doing those kind of things, that, that would be fine. But yeah, I think for the most part, like, yeah, let's just, just, you know, kind of go and and move on um, with, with this stuff because I just don't. I, it's best to to get these guys out there in a structured environment and let them play. No, I I I think that's a great point. That's a great point. That regardless, they're going to play somewhere. I mean, I just saw on on his Instagram, Montrez yeah. Harrell was posting videos of him just in a pickup game somewhere, and he's launching threes and doing all this kind of. They're playing. Yeah. They're going to play somewhere. At least yep. it's a little bit more structured Always. around NBA tra- trainers yep. and all of that. Exactly. All right. Well, we've got some exciting games tonight. Even more coming up tomorrow. And then remember, we will do our play-by-play Wednesday night. We'll do Suns versus Mavs. We'll do the later game for that one. But thank you guys for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to ring the notification bell as well. Get notified when we put out a new video. It's going to be a busy off-season, so make sure that you are staying in the know. And of course, make sure you're also following us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. We love getting those reviews coming in as well. So drop us a review and preferably a five-star rating. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.